Holy God, author of the Word made flesh, to whom belongs both the first word and the last, open to us your scripture that as it is read, as your word is proclaimed, we may be comforted, convinced, and changed to the glory of Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. And let God's people say, Amen. Our scripture reading today comes from 1 Kings chapter 1, verses 11 through 21 and verse 28 through 31. Nathan said to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, Did you hear that Adonijah, Haggith's son, has become king, but our master David doesn't know about it? Let me give you some advice on how you and your son Solomon can survive this. Go to King David and say, Didn't my master the king swear to your servant? Your son Solomon will certainly rule after me. He will sit on my throne. Why then has Adonijah become king? While you are speaking there with the king, I will come along and support your words. So Bathsheba went in to see the king in his bedroom. The king was very old, and Abishag from Shunem was serving the king. Bathsheba bowed down on her face before the king. The king asked, What do you want? She said to him, Your majesty, you swore by the Lord your God to your servant. Your son Solomon will certainly rule after me. He will sit on my throne. But now look, Adonijah has become king, and my master the king doesn't know about it. He has prepared large quantities of oxen, fattened cattle, and lamb. He has invited all the royal princes as well as Abiathar, the priest, and Joab the general. However, he didn't invite your servant Solomon. As for you, my master the king, the eyes of all Israel are upon you to tell them who will follow you on the throne of my master the king. When my master the king lies down with his ancestors, then I and my son Solomon will become outlaws. King David answered, Bring me Bathsheba. She came and stood before the king. The king made a solemn pledge and said, As surely as the Lord lives, who rescued me from every trouble regarding what I swore to you by the Lord, Israel's God, your son Solomon will certainly succeed me. He will sit on the throne after me. I'll see that it happens today. Bathsheba bowed down with her face to the ground. She honored the king and said, May my master King David live forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A brief recap of the genealogy to get us to where we are today. A record of the ancestors of Jesus Christ, son of David, son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron. Hezron was the father of Iram. Iram was the father of Aminadab. Aminadab was the father of Nashon. Nashon was the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David the king. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been the wife of Uriah. As we come to the, the fourth woman mentioned in the opening of Matthew, Bathsheba is not mentioned quite by name, but mentioned as the wife of Uriah the Hittite, likely to do with also remembering how she became David's wife. 
And usually that's the story that everyone knows about Bathsheba. That David saw her, David couldn't resist, and he lets himself get carried away and ends up murdering her husband in order that he can marry Bathsheba. However, today's scripture takes us well into the future, beyond that point. And it takes us to a point where David is old. David is feeble. And David doesn't seem like he is quite all together with it these days. And Bathsheba is worried about the future. And so Nathan the prophet, Nathan who has been there through everything else, the same Nathan that called David out for mistreating Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, for handling the entire situation poorly, the same Nathan is still there advising. And Nathan is worried. Nathan's worried because he doesn't know what's going to happen because David has not proclaimed that one of his sons will succeed him, but one of his sons has already begun to declare himself to be king. That Adonijah has gone off and declared himself that he will be the next ruler, he's having a feast, he's doing everything to say, look, I can do all of this, I'm going to be king. Nathan is not happy about this. And Nathan comes to Bathsheba and says, look, I'm going to need your help to save the kingdom from Adonijah. I'm going to need you to go and talk to David. Now what we don't know is if what Nathan asks her to do is asking her to remind David of a promise already made or what seems more likely from the way that the conversation goes, that Bathsheba is supposed to go suggest a promise that was never made, but one that they're going to encourage David to keep, because it will save both Solomon, Bathsheba, and Nathan. Now, we might think that if there was a bit of deceit, that it would be an underhanded way for Solomon to become king. But we're reminded in this story of David's condition. Because they make sure to mention that the young woman that is with David at all times is there caring for him. And part of that caring was that she slept next to him to keep him warm because he had entered a point where he couldn't even keep himself warm at night without having somebody else there beside him to help keep him from getting too cold for his own good. David doesn't know that one of his sons has gone off, and so he's apparently not in the loop about everything going on in his own kingdom at this point. He doesn't seem to understand fully what's happening. And Nathan has been there long enough to know what's good for the kingdom. Nathan has been there since the beginning. He was there to correct David every time David got out of line. He was there to tell him God isn't happy. And so here is Nathan saying, look, the future of the kingdom is on the line. 
David's legacy is on the line. The right person needs to succeed David on the throne. And so he asks for Bathsheba's help. Now the thing is that this could land her in a lot of trouble. Because she's asking for something huge. And she's coming before the king to ask it without being called in. And she's asking for something that may seem out of line. Solomon's not the oldest by any means. Solomon would be one of his youngest children. But yet she finds the courage to go and ask. To say, look, didn't you say it was my son that should be king? And with that is implied, isn't he the one that should succeed you on the throne? Isn't he the one that should be following to build up the kingdom that you have established? Isn't he the one that should be carrying on your legacy? Isn't he the one you want to build the temple? Because that's what's going to happen. David's been planning on that forever. David's been wanting that to happen. He wished it could have been him, and he got everything ready. But without the right successor, none of it's going to happen. Now looking back, we can see that Solomon did something that only he and David did, and that was keep the kingdom together. After Solomon, everything breaks apart. And I can only imagine that had Adonijah taken over without David's blessing, it would have raised a controversy with more people coming out of the woodwork to say, well, why can't I be king? And the whole kingdom may have been split right then and there. But Bathsheba steps in and says, Solomon needs to be king. Solomon needs to be king because you know that that's what's best. And this is a very different Bathsheba than we see in the picture that we usually think of her in. There's always that image of her bathing on the roof and then David coming after her and she's sort of a side player in her own story. That she is an object. David wants her so he goes after her and he's got to kill her husband to get to her and she doesn't really have a say in anything. The most that she declares is when she sends notice to David that she's pregnant. And everything in that introductory story leaves everything out of her own control. But when we get to the point of today's story, Bathsheba has come into her own. And Bathsheba is now standing on her own two feet and willing to do what it takes for her own survival, for her son's survival, and for the kingdom's survival. Because if... Solomon doesn't take over, there's a chance that she and Solomon will be considered enemies of the throne. And if they're considered to be a threat, 
They'll be killed. And if Solomon dies, all the genealogy that we have in Matthew following David falls apart because it rests on Solomon. Throwing of the kingdom falls apart because the kingdom was held together by Solomon's wise rule. Israel became wealthy. Israel became powerful. Under Solomon's wise leadership. And Bathsheba steps in to say, okay, well, if this is what needs to be done, I'm going to be the one to do it. Nathan asks her to make the request and says that he'll back her up, but he knows that everything hinges on her. Nathan could suggest things all he wants, but he knows that he doesn't have the same type of emotional pull that Bathsheba does. Even though he is a prophet that has been trusted, who has been there from the beginning, he knows that if he makes the suggestion and doesn't have any other support, he will just be waved away. And Bathsheba is listened to. David hears her and goes, Okay, if I promise you that your son Solomon is going to take the throne, then today, this very day, I will put him on that throne. And Israel changes forever because of it. Now, I started to ask myself, why is Bathsheba included in this list? I started thinking about the fact that she was somebody who was brought low. That she was a pawn in someone else's game. That her husband is murdered. She becomes wife of the king simply because it's what the king wanted. And yet she perseveres. She could have given up and gone, well, I guess everything that happens to me is out of my hands and I'll never worry about anything again. Instead, here's Bathsheba claiming her life for her own and saying, I'm going to do what's right no matter what the consequences. Had the king disagreed, there could have been dire consequences. Had David not listened to her, or had David thought that she was trying to con him, or David thought that her request was inappropriate, any number of things could have happened to her. And yet she knows that the right thing to do is to get Solomon put on the throne. And so she does it. Regardless of risk. And that's what we see. Bathsheba, this woman who is willing to stand up for what is right, no matter what might happen to her, she is going to try to do the right thing for the people around her and for everybody who is going to benefit from the right thing being done.
that she's willing to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done. And she is an example of that that we see in Christ's ministry. That Christ is going to say what needs to be said and do what needs to be done and not worry about the risk. Not worry about the consequences of failing. Because the consequences of not doing the right thing are so much greater. And so the Bathsheba that we see is not a weak bystander, but a strong, compassionate person worried about the future of her son and worried about the future of a kingdom and worried about making sure that everything goes the way that it should, that everything happens to the best and that the people are taken care of. She does the right thing because it's what needs to be done. And that is the example that we are given. And all that Christ did for us, he did what needed to be done. Whether he was going to be chased away from town because of what he said, threatened to be stoned for who he healed and what he did, or facing death on a cross that we could be forgiven. He did the right thing because the consequence of not doing the right thing is so much worse. And so I pray that as we remember Bathsheba, we remember someone strong-willed and someone strong enough to do what's Right. No matter what. That we see that in her, we see it in Christ, and may we see it in our own lives. That we always be willing to do what is right, no matter what. That we may help one another. That we may grow God's kingdom here on this earth. that others will know. We did what was right in the eyes of God so that we could help God's people in whatever way possible. Let that be the lesson that we learn from her strong life. Amen.